0: Picture in my head, like a, a longing, if you will, of we get to the opportunity to give, which isn't a got to, it's a, it's a get to, and it's like party time in here. If anyone's ever seen Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway, can you just put your hand up if you've seen, ever seen Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Okay, the happiest minute of the week. Yeah, that bit? So it's the 8.20 on a sassy evening or some, some rubbish. Anyway, that. Um, and in that moment, it's like they do a countdown and then, boom, suddenly the room comes alive and there are people dancing and they're giving away tickets to... Um, uh, you've got a seat on the plane and all this kind of thing. It's suddenly like party time. Giving slot, right? That's what, it, that's what we want it to be like. We want congas round the outside of the hall... As people come up to like give. Instead, what normally happens is exactly what's happening right now. Um, And somehow there's there's a joy of giving, but we've forgotten to tell ourselves. Um, But that's all good. That's all good. Uh, We're actually going to officially start now, I think. One moment. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. Right. Keeping an eye on the time. That music's only upstairs, right? That's cool. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you. We need you. I'm really not interested, uh, God, in in talking for the sake of it. I want to bring something of you. I want my heart to be challenged. Um, just, Just in this moment, just tell God, I want to be changed by you. Just tell him. I'm listening, God, because I want to be changed. Just tell him that. This is not a thank goodness we get to sit down after the worship. There is, the title of this talk, I don't normally give titles, but it's significant, is Becoming Strong. And there is there are things going on that God is up to. God's always up to something, right? And specifically talking about Church and this family here, of which if you're in the building, you, you count. Even if you're a visitor, you are part of the family at the very least today. And God is doing something among us. We are growing up. There is a stature that God is, is we are stepping into, like a, that. It's, that's, that won't come out in the podcast. That's, that's terrible. It's like a, we're, we're really young and we're tiny and we're growing up and we're, we're bulking up and we're becoming stronger and we're becoming more stable, um, the, 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 get, the skill or the knack is to still remain agile because if not, you just become stuck. But, I mean, I can tell you right now, we, we know that uh, our tenancy on this building finishes not this coming June, the following June. And there's, there's a lot of story and a lot of prophetic words that go into this. But God is already on the move about building stuff. Like already on the move. There are already conversations that are going on. And when I say conversations, I don't mean two people here having a chat. I mean conversations. We are actually looking to be able to purchase a building. Like actual conversations going on with people who might be able to fund potentially to the tune of millions. This is not baby stuff anymore. And that's this why I'm saying this. That don't worry about the building. That we, we, will, we will let you know more about buildings as and when. People go all squiffy and weird when you start talking about specific buildings. And, um, so that's really not the point for now. The point is, you don't give a three-year-old a car there is a growing up that needs to happen before they're able to handle a car. You could argue, is that even true at 17? But let's not bother with that for a minute. And what God is doing with us, He's saying, "You need to grow up. I've got some stuff for you. I've got a car for you, and you're still acting like you're 10." Type thing. He's not actually saying that to us, you know. Like, it's, a, it's a, like a, that's what He's trying to do. He's trying to get us to a place that He can, that we can handle the things He is looking to give us. He gives us responsibility. Flip the coin over, and it's authority. And he's giving us both those to do stuff, to like handle stuff, to change stuff. Okay, so for example, um, we want to see lives change. Why can't we start to buy up premises, houses, and begin to help house people? Why? Why does the church look? to the local authority. Why? Because what? God's a bit broke. I'm increasingly just... about us being a charity. The bride of Jesus? Charity? Oh, God. I know you get a charity number, you get perks, you attract funding. I get it, I get it. Charity... With a bride of Christ. Anyway, that was all for free. So, right now, we continue, we're leaning into encounter, and deliberately have been, uh, and we, we use the expression, it's the fuel for our follow. But I've been feeling increasingly drawn to the Bible. I uh, recently. When I was at Bible college, I followed a Bible reading course and I recently re-bought it. Um, and I keep picking it up. It's on the side. I, I don't want to put it away. It's on the side in my office and I pick it back up and I read a bit more and I put it back down. And then the next day, you know, I, I just look at it and walk past it. And, and then, you know, and then the next day maybe I, pick, I, I look at a different bit of it and like, oh. God, I think I know what you're saying. Ah. And this week, ahead of this talk, I said to God, okay, come on, let's, let's you and me, let's, let's do business over this. What's going on? And as clear as you like, God said this, you need to become strong. You need to teach the word. So rephrase it so you know the context. Sometimes when God speaks to you, you know, in that moment, you know what he means, but it doesn't translate very well. This is what he means. You, as my people at Numa, must become strong. You, Chris, must teach the word. I'm going to say that again. You, as my people at Numa, must become strong. You, Chris, must teach the word. So I did... What all people do when God tells them to do something. And you say, why? I wasn't objecting. I just wanted to understand why. Why, God? Why are you saying this now? Like, I know that the Bible is good for teaching, for rebuking, correcting. I, 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 get, I, like, I, I know the answers. I have said yes to Jesus many, many years ago. Nearly 40 years ago. 38 years ago. Why now? I'm going to read you just a couple of bits. This is, first of all, from 2 Timothy. So the second letter letter of Timothy, chapter 3. And I'm going to just read a little bit here. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days, which we're in. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. This is Paul writing to Timothy. I'm going to miss a little bit out. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, and my persecutions and my sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in various places? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, here we are. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed. He's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I've got loads here, and I haven't got time to go into them all. But if you're making a note of that, that was two Timothy three one to seven. Apologies, I didn't put it on um, church Street, I've just realised. For those people who are online, apologies to the online hosts. My bad. Uh, Matthew 24, if you've got your Bibles, which, of course, you all have. Um, Matthew 24, it says this. Jesus was speaking, and he said, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming... I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, I have got so many here. We haven't got time to go into them all. I'm just going to sneak you in two more. Um and then explain a little bit, a little bit more. 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. is in red. Still Jesus speaking. But uh, Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21. Did you not know that? Sorry if you didn't know that. I'm teasing. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Listen to this. Many will say to me in that day, "Uh, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and in your name we even drove out demons and we performed many miracles. And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. I love this. This is Psalm 119. As it happens, Nick read a bit of it out. Um, earlier. How can a young man stay pure only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth? I have longed for you with the passion of my heart. Don't let me stray from your directions. I consider your word to be my greatest treasure, and I treasure it in my heart to keep me from committing sin's treason against you. My wonderful God, you are to be praised above all. Teach me the power of your decrees. I speak continually of your laws as I recite out loud your counsel to me. I find more joy in following what you tell me to do than in chasing after all the wealth of the world. I set my heart on your precepts, and I, play cl- and I pay close attention to all your ways. My delight is found in all your laws, and I won't forget to walk in your words. Psalm 119. Um, it, it's a long one, so you'll struggle to find it. 9 to 16. So I asked God, "Why why? Just help me to understand, why now? Why are you saying this?" And it's because I knew God didn't speak words to me. It's so hard to describe sometimes the way God speaks, isn't it? It's like a sense. I knew I knew it, what God was saying. We have to, there is a growing up that has to be done that means we become strong. so that when... There are discussions going on around such thorny issues like deception, slander, gender, sexuality, morality, which after all is up for grabs. Well, that's my truth. That's my truth. What an awful expression. That's truth to me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, it doesn't matter what you think your truth might be. It doesn't matter what I think my truth is. I don't even have to like it. I can even say, do you know what, I'm really sorry, but I put what God has said above even what I think. What, do you agree with it? Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Do you, well, don't you think that's unkind? That's not my problem. He's king. I I will listen to him. And this trumps whatever I think. If there's something I'm thinking, and there's something in here, this will win. Because he has spoken. In a minute, I'm going to deal with something about the Holy Spirit and the Bible. but We'll we'll come on to that in just a sec. So hold that thought. I know there is also a thought where people say, well, hang on a minute. Hang on. Let's not overemphasise the Bible. It's Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's not Father, Son and Holy Bible. Totally agree. Absolutely agree. The Bible is not part of the Trinity. It's just a book, right? It's not part of God. The Bible isn't God. And it's also interesting... And I heard someone say recently, this isn't the word, Jesus is the word. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Now this is really interesting, we also get a little bit caught up on whether there's, well, yeah, but there's two different types of word, there's like rhema for the word, which tends to become known known as a now word, more like a prophetic word, and there's logos word, which is more like the written word until you really delve into the etymology, the history of both words, and you realise there's very little to separate them. When it says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, it doesn't mean the Bible. In the beginning was the Bible. Nothing else existed, just a Bible somewhere, on some lectern under a spotlight, you know. That's not what it means. In the beginning was the word... The word, in a biblical context, and particularly in that that passage there in John chapter 1, means that God's words were the fullness of the expression of everything he was and is. It's like when the Bible says it is God breathed, don't forget God spoke to create. God spoke. So there is something of God that his words are. Are, represent the fullness of who he is there is god 's words and his nature are inseparable, so when the Word was there in the beginning, in this instance it 's referring to Jesus, and Jesus is the fullness of everything that God is, so to separate them out actually becomes we just get in, stuck in semantics so the bible isn 't the fourth person of the Trinity and certainly doesn 't replace the Holy Spirit in the in the Three parts of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But absolutely, it says in Timothy that the Bible is God-breathed. His pneuma has been breathed into the pages of these books. There is life found in here. God has... God has hidden himself for us to be discovered and we'll come on to a bit more of that in a minute but I'm going to ask you a quick question no way okay I'm going to ask you a quick question literally you've got 90 seconds turn to the person near you if you don't like look at the person next to you turn to the person behind you how much does the bible play a part in anchoring you no lying you're in church God's listening he knows anyway (laughs) How much does the Bible play a part in anchoring you? 90 seconds, go. 60 seconds left. 29 seconds left. Keeping it real. (laughs) Okay. I don't need the Bible because I have the Holy Spirit. After all... John, chapter 14, verse 26, says that the Holy Spirit will, will teach us all things. Now, I have heard this argument. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us. Absolutely. And there are people who've studied the Bible for years and still have never actually met God absolutely you can just read this just as a dry book it is the holy spirit who reveals god to us but here's the thing john 14:26 where it says that the holy spirit teaches us all things carry on reading and reminds us of the words of jesus It's quite difficult for the Holy Spirit to remind you of something you don't already know. To remind is to put back into your mind. It's a bit like this. I've never flown a plane. I've flown in a plane, but I've never flown a plane. So imagine a fairly light plane, like, I don't know, a six-seater, a four-seater, something, something small. Uh, not a superjet, no. <laughs> Uh, No, but that would also count. Um, Now, I don't know, but I would gather, and I do know some pilots, that there is a sense of needing to feel the wind. You need to feel the Gs, the tilt, the turn, the sway, the climb, the turbulence. There is a response to what is going on. With the greatest respect if you invite me up in a plane with you, and you are the pilot, and you've never actually read the instruction manual, and you just do it by feel, you're on your own. I'm out, right? I want to know that someone has anchored in something, that they do know what that big red switch does, and they do know what that lever does, rather than, oh, I just feel my way. I just feel my way. Yeah, well, on your own, you can feel your way. So Jesus, I mean, he had the whole backing of heaven, right? Jesus knew the scriptures incredibly well. Of course, he didn't have the New Testament at the time. It's estimated, it's difficult always to tell, but somewhere around 78 times Jesus quoted the Old Testament. And he corrected the Pharisees, who were the godly, in theory, people of the day, the religious folk of the day. And he said, you're in error. You're in error to even ask me that question because you haven't read the scriptures. You don't know the scriptures. So Jesus knew them well, very, very well. Can you have the Holy Spirit and not have the Bible? If you're locked up somewhere and you have no access to the Bible, of course you can still have some relationship with God. But if you want to be strong, then we need to invest our efforts in the stuff that God has already said, the story of him and his dealings with people. This will make you strong. This will make you strong. The days of, the days of being flappy in the wind of the Holy Spirit only. Oh, I'm fine. I'm just experiencing God. Like, great, now anchor it into something. Because if not, you're just going to go all flaky and weird. All spirit and you blow up and all word and you dry up. We need both, right? We can't just go being weird and flaky and flimsy. How are you going to know how to stand and hold your ground when we're being told all kinds of things by culture? And you don't even know you're being told them because they're all becoming normal. And this, is, well, this is, isn't, isn't this what everybody does? This is what everybody does, Right? And so you gradually start to realise, oh, my voice feels a bit uncomfortable. Oh, do you know what? I think it's probably, it's probably just a bit Old Testament. It was probably just for that time or something like that. The only way is to stay anchored in. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And what I love about the Scriptures, what I love about the Bible is this This is what Jesus said, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures, this is him talking to the Pharisees, the godly in theory, the religious folk of the day, these scriptures are all about me. And I'm standing right here in front of you and you're still going, oh, like that. And he's going, they all point to me. I'm right here. So the Bible points to Jesus. You cannot understand the Bible if you don't put on Jesus glasses to read the Bible. It all, it all goes back to him in the end. It's all about Jesus. The Father revealing what he's like. And then in the end, the only way he can, he can bring us back into relationship with him is to send Jesus it's all about Jesus. Oh, I wish I knew him better. Well pick up your Bible and start reading about him. Start with just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read them thirty times. It's called heavy lifting. Herb and, and others will tell you if you wanna if you wanna grow muscle, if you wanna but you can have to put some resistance. There's gonna have to be some resistance. So if you want to just have your nice little meme that gets sent to you every day by email, that's just got one tiny little verse, then my guess is you'll still be puny. And I can't do that for you. And no one else can do it for you. Oh God, I just want to be stronger. God's like, can't do it for you. Because it it is. It is in the resistance that we become strong. So... Oh yeah, that's a good line. I'm all over the place because I'm like, I haven't got enough time. If you ask the Holy Spirit, you'll feel God's breath as you read the Bible. I think that if you ask him, I think there will be times when you will hear as you read the Bible. Wow. There are times when I've read things and I've just had to put the Bible down, just gone, wow. Whoa! What? There are whole bits of the Bible that I wish it came with Tippex. For, for you young people, not sure what Tippex is, because <laughs> there are bits and I go, "What? I don't even understand that." You cannot be saying that. Look at a woman lustfully. Oh, you're better off gouging your eye out. What? Oh, he does it. Jesus, he was just on one that day. He was a bit tired. He was a bit, oh, it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So here's the thing, and this is what I've been putting off. After Easter, there's going to be sort of like a, it's a bit grand to call it this, but I'm going to call it anyway, like a Bible school that we want to start. It's going to be Tuesday night, 7.30 till 9. The reason I'm telling you now is because it gives you enough time to... Change things, Tuesday nights, but not until Easter, after Easter. All are invited to come, study, learn, grow, discover the activity of God and his kingdom and his love in these pages. 23-week course with a fee. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And of those 23 weeks, if you can't come to at least 19 or 20 of them, Find something else. Because we're going for it. We've got to become strong. If we end up, when we end up getting the building we do, the building is representative of something. When we end up getting that space that God is giving us, it will be a mark of stature. It's not a proud thing. It's not proud for me. It's not proud for you. It's not, it's not a pride thing. It's God saying, and you're growing up. I want you not to just be a player, significant player for bringing the kingdom in Ashford. I want you to be a significant player for bringing the kingdom in the UK and beyond. That's what I'm asking of you. You cannot do it with the muscles you've got at the moment. You literally will not be able to lift the weight I'm giving you. So often people say, oh, God just wants to relieve you of a heavy burden. I was given a, a word, uh, someone gave me a prophetic word. They don't really know me that well. This was about two years ago. I know we're short on time. I'm about to wrap this up really quickly. And they said, I see you. <laughs> I see you like, well, this is a bit strange, but like one of those milkmaids with a, with a, a yoke, thank you, a yoke over there and, and the pails on them. And they they were really laughing, as they told me. Um, And they said, And God says to you, It's time to put those down. I thought, Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And then he said, Because God says, I've got much heavier ones for you. (laughs) That is the Lord speaking. You've got to put the, some, the, the light stuff down, God said, We're always like, oh, God just wants to make your life easier. Read the book. And he, as a church and as a family here, he wants us to grow in stature. He wants our muscles to meet with some resistance so that we grow. And we need to grow. It's not the only way we grow. Please hear me but God has been speaking to me for ages. We need to grow in becoming unflappable by what's going on in culture. The cancel culture is coming our way, people. It's coming our way. Because what we have to say, what Jesus had to say was so unpopular, I think you'll find it got him killed. So if you've got no one hating you at the moment, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of soft, easy, nice stuff are you saying? Oh, Jesus really loves you. Yeah, he does. And he says, now time to die. Yeah. There is an absolute right time for saying, Jesus loves you, 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 you are more than enough. He thinks you're amazing, you're his favourite. Absolutely, 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 now die. Because if you want to step into that life, you're going to have to die and live a life where you're dead. Then it gets a bit less popular, right? You have to remember that if the gospel you're preaching to people means they're all liking you, you're not giving them the whole picture. Jesus was killed, and as far as we know from history, all 12 of his disciples were also killed for their faith. Are you ready? Some of you might end up in prison before you die because you refuse to back down on what, on what God says about stuff. Get in. So anyway, I had some questions for you. Um, what would you get from coming to the Bible school? What would the main cost be to you? And then I was going to ask you the question, what can you do to become strong using the words? You might say, "Ah, oh, the Bible school thing isn't for me. I, I can't do it, or I'd love to, but another time or whatever. Hey, there is no obligation. I've asked God for a number. So I feel like I know there'll be at least 25 people who come on to, who come on to that. Okay, there might be more, I don't know. But Father, thank you for your word. We never want to become people who lose the life and just read it as a rule book. God, please save us from rules. In Jeremiah, it says about you writing the law on our hearts. Instead of hearts of stone, you give us hearts where you write who you are and what you're like on our hearts. We don't follow a dry book. We follow an alive God. And God, we want to lose some of our feeble frame of infancy. And we want to bulk up a bit. And you're asking us to become strong to take more weight. We hear you. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your are loved.